Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. I mean, I know you've done literally probably hundreds of sessions, thousands of sessions in your life, and some of the artists are absolutely ridiculously huge. Um, so can you sort of do something off the top of your head for us? Uh, sure, I can. Well, there's, you know, I've done, I think, four Motley Crue albums. Uh, David Lee Roth, uh, Bon Jovi, The Cult, Scorpions, Donnie, Donna Summer, Carly Simon, Poison, uh, Long John Baldry, I, you know, I can't, a Glass Tiger. It's like a pretty, or I'd have to read though. I have to, sometimes I actually <laughs> have to look to see what I remember to play on, but I, but there's, yeah, you're right. There's like, you know, like hundreds, thousands of songs that, you know, and some of them were pretty big. So we, I, well, absolutely. I mean, it's, I hear your voice everywhere and, uh, you know, some, some, some of the songs, it's quite funny because I know the inside scoop where I, yeah, where of course, people, yeah. are think, people are thinking that's the lead singer singing it, but that's actually your voice for a particular part of the song. You know, your voice is popping in as the lead vocal, but people don't know it because it's just been mixed properly. We probably wouldn't be able to talk about that too much without divulging too many secrets, but I, I, I think that's interesting. Um, you've also, you did Julio Iglesias too, did you not? Well, no, actually I, w- I think I was working on a, uh, I was working on an album, I can't remember. Was I was working on a oh, I was, the Payolas. I was doing on a Payolas album at Little Mountain Sound, and uh, Foster was getting ready to do some work with Julio. And, David Foster, uh, yeah, yeah, David Foster. So I just happened to walk into one of the lounges, and he was sitting there, and I said hello, and he said hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you could see you work so that's with a them. great that was a great story yeah right that's one of my better stories yeah <laughs> and you know what he didn't have any women around him which i found very surprising because you know you know he was always this known as this will you know woman yeah. he, he has yeah. anna kornikova you know he doesn't have any need any other women is that, oh, does does? Is that yeah, is sure it's not his son that's his son. Oh, oh, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. That's the other Iglesias. Yeah, yeah. The other. Yeah. You're talking about Julio. The elder, elder Iglesias. Oh, my yeah, God. The elder, yeah, the elder. He was doing, uh, working he on the record. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so I did I did meet him, but I didn't actually work on one of his records. But, uh, yeah, well, those were days were quite, quite uh, interesting. Mick, as you can recall, because we were working together through a good portion of that, like, if not all of it. Uh, yeah. And, uh you know, it just would be crazy because you'd be at Little Mountain Sound one day singing on a commercial and then Bob Rock or one of the other producers would walk through and go, oh, I'm working on uh, the Motley Crue next week, Mark. You think you can come and do background vocals? So I go do that. The next day I'm doing, the next week I'm working on the Motley Crue thing and sitting in the lounge and one of the GZRP, Mark, can you come and sing a Chevy ad next week? And so I just go and hang out in the lounge there and get gigs. It's great. <laughs> I was going to say that that brings me to the next question is how you get into, we can, we can get into some behind the scenes things a bit later. How do you get into that job? Now you, you were born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah. That's right. And so your your start, like let's let's go back a bit. Like, were you a good student in uh, school? I was. You know what? I was like I just sort of got by. 
uh, I wasn't like a huge, and I was kind of a little bit of a class clown to some degree, but until I got to grade 11, after grade 11, I quit school for a year because I heard 200 motels Frank <laughs> by Zappa. Frank Zappa, and I locked myself in a rehearsal studio because with my band, no, the band was, of course, they, I played with older guys that were about five years older than me. They were all in university. And so I go to this, the, our rehearsal hall and just practice my drums and sing along to records like all day long for a year. And then I went back to finish my grade 12. Of course, by the time I got back to finish my grade 12, then I actually got serious for one year at school because, you know, the kids that I was now in class with were the kids that were below me before. So I couldn't relate to them. <laughs> right. So, yeah. You know, you know, it's that weird. And those, so I would, I really got into, I had got really good marks my last year of school, which ironically I think helped me out because my math skills improved and a lot of the stuff you know that I, I let you know that my I always wanted to you know I've always enjoyed doing bookkeeping I know that's really a weird thing for a musician to say but I've always enjoyed back in the days doing you know 20 36 column ledgers and cross balancing and stuff so I got that from high school and it actually helped me throughout my when I started becoming doing the business right so I know we used to make a joke about it that you, you always wanted to be an accountant, but your mother made you sing in a rock and roll band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like to live the life, the life of ledger. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so, uh, and your dad, what did your dad do for a living? My dad was a farmer, right? But then he, when he came to town, he ended up getting a job with GM guest, which was a, uh, a huge, construction outfit that put in all of the gas lines throughout Winnipeg because up to that point he had you know they they put in all the gas lines for natural gas so he ended up working construction and uh, but he was born like in 1901 so I had my father was pretty you know for I was born I was he was like 54 when I when I was born I have two younger sisters so yeah yeah, that's right. He was quite older when he got yeah. his start in marriage, right? He, yeah, he did. Like yeah. Your, your your mom was quite a bit younger than your dad. She correct? was twenty years younger than him. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then yeah. they went on to have seven kids, and yeah, it was great. My childhood, I I mean, it was a great childhood. My, it was a very tight knit family. I lived in a fairly kind of rough little neighborhood, but uh, you know, it was it was pretty. Uh, and then, of course, around that time, you know, when Elvis came out, and I had older sisters, so that kind of turned me into listening to music because they were coming, you know, they were listening to Elvis Presley and the Everly Brothers and the stuff that preceded the Beatles. And, of course, like yourself, I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and that was it. It was like, for me, that was like a religious experience that, boom, well, that's I'm going to do this. And, you know, you're. I think I was, that would have been in 64. So I was like 13 or something like that or nine, nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have been that old. I yeah, was going to say, so no. Okay. So how old were you when you started your first band? When did you get your first drums? Yada, yada. I know we've got a cute picture. Maybe Charles can bring it up. There's a cute picture of you as, as an infant banging on a little, on a little drum. You're like just a yeah. toddler. I don't even think you're yeah. walking yet. Yeah, that's right. That was in Cary. That was a, I actually lived in on a farm when I was first born. I didn't move to Winnipeg till I was like five. So we lived okay. on a farm. We lived on a on a farm for a bit. And I think, of course, I can't remember too much about about that period of time. But we lived on a farm at that time in Cary. Yeah. There that's we my, go. Oh, that's a picture. That's, that's my there grandmother and my dad's in the background and one of my sisters. I think my oldest sister Lynn is there. And but you're yeah, already banging on a drum. So how already, old you yeah. yeah. <laughs> how how old would you have been? Oh, I think that I had to be like somewhere around 
nine months old or something like that. It wasn't very old. I was very, <laughs> very old. It's, um, it's, uh, it's funny because when I look at the picture, I can still, I can see your features. It's amazing. It's like you, you haven't changed all that much. Well, well the, is, the, is, your, is your family musically inclined there, Mark? My dad was, uh, my dad played fiddle. And of course I had aunts that played piano. My oldest sister played piano. So there was always like a piano or instruments. And back in those days, people, you know, I'm almost old enough. I mean, <laughs> that, that, you know, we didn't have like a, when I was a kid that we didn't have a TV set yet. There were TV wasn't happening. So, you know, there was radio, you listen to radio or somebody would sit around the piano and people would sing tunes and stuff. Right. So, and my dad played yeah, that was pretty common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that was pretty common in those days. You sort of created your own entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing. Available both on podcast and video on demand.